Hello, everybody, and welcome to the brand new podcast on the Wrestling Man Podbean website and also on your iPod and iTunes. Welcome to Review of Honor. This is going to be the podcast where I review every Ring of Honor show that has ever taken place. Now, a couple of things I want to break down before we go any further in this podcast. One, excuse me, one, I will be reviewing every show like I mentioned. Two, this show, unlike that wrestling show, will not be an every week podcast. This will be a monthly podcast. And sometimes, at best, you could get two podcasts a month. But this is a once a month podcast. So you will get at least one podcast every month of me reviewing a Ring of Honor show. Now, with that being said, today we start off with the very first Ring of Honor show. The Era of Honor Begins. Where, where does this show place in wrestling history? How significant is this event? How important is this event? There's a lot of questions that go into this. So, with that said, let's start. The Era of Honor begins. The date, February 23rd, 2002. The event was held in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the Murphy Rec Center, which, for those of you that are curious, is still up. You can go visit there. It is on Shunk Street. Yes, that's right. Shunk Street in Philadelphia. So after we get our opening of everybody that is going to be on the show, we see Monster Mac and Mafia, the hit squad, outside as they're going on to a bus that came from New York City to Philadelphia for the first Ring of Honor show. So they get the crowd hyped up, and then Mafia tells them who's going to be on the show. Besides the hit squad, you got Loki, the Fallen Angel, American Dragon, Spanky, and AJ Styles. Well, AJ Styles isn't on this show, but he will be in about two episodes, so be ready for that. So after that, they find some fans that came down from Boston, or as one, or as Mafia said, you're still hung over from that New England Patriots Super Bowl win, and hope you are ready for a Ring of Honor. So we cut to the arena where Eric Gargiulo and Steve Carino are the announcers for this event, and we start with the Christopher Street Connection? Yes, the Christopher Street Connection. Buffy and Mace, along with Allison Danger, coming down the aisle. Now, if you've never heard of the Christopher Street Connection, basically these are two gay guys. That's the gimmick. So they come around and... One of them makes out or kisses a fan, which gets the other one upset, but repays the favor by hugging them. So Buffy gets on the mic and says that ROH is not going to stand for Ring of Honor. It's going to stand for Ring of Homosexuality. Yes, lovely. Now, as Buffy and Mace start making out in the middle of the ring, the Hit Squad come out to make the save for Ring of Honor, and they go right after Buffy and Mace. 
This is pretty much a squash match where it ends with Mafia hitting a clothesline to get the three count and the victory. After the match, Allison Danger tries to attack a member of the Hit Squad, but gets caught. And instead of getting clotheslined, she gets sent through the table by Mafia. And Allison, fortunately, Mace was on top of the table, so he sort of broke the fall for her. To the back, Jay Briscoe cuts a promo saying how everybody's seen him in tag team action with his brother Mark, and tonight they're going to see him in singles against the Amazing Red. So we go to Amazing Red, who cuts one of the great promos of all time, sarcastically, where he says that he's the only member of the SAT that wrestles in singles. Well, we sort of knew that considering this match. But anyway, Amazing Red cuts a promo and says to be ready for the infrared. So we have our first official match in Ring of Honor. Jay Briscoe against Amazing Red. Now, Mark Briscoe is in the corner of Jay. Now, we all know that Jay and Mark are going to become a big fixture in Ring of Honor's history. But the reason that Mark is not wrestling is at this time, he is 17 years old. In Pennsylvania, you are allowed to start wrestling at the age of 18. So, I want you to remember that, that factor, because that's going to be a big storyline going into this first year of Ring of Honor. But to the match, this is a great match to watch. It really is. A lot of wrestling, a little bit of high-flying. Even Jade does a couple high-flying moves. Some really close pinfalls, almost getting the win. And then we get to the end. Jay Briscoe hits the J-Driller on Amazing Red, but Red, am amazingly, no pun intended, gets out at two. So they fight a little bit more, and then Amazing Red comes back, hits, hits the... Uh, uh, red star press and then a running shooting star press to get the three count and the victory amazing red wins the very first match in ring of honor history to the back the black nature boy scoot andrews is talking about how 2001 was an incredible year for him but that 2002 will be his year and that xavier is the one that is in his way and that he's going to have to make a name for himself on Xavier or Xavier. We continue with Low Key. He talks about how tonight Ring of Honor isn't about being the all-around best or according to the gospel, but it's the size of the fighter. Now we go to the hood where we see Homicide and Boogaloo, the natural born sinners. Now they're in this poor neighborhood and Homicide has a rubber chicken. And he says, they tore my houses, they tore my house down. This rubber chicken is all I have left and everyone's going to pay. So we stay one more time where Xavier sees the towel boy. He's going to be a big part of the show. And he talks to him, and he says, Oh, you didn't get on the show. You'll be all right. You'll get it next time. 
and to which the towel boy just says, whatever. So we go to our next match, Xavier against the Black Nature Boy, Scoot Andrews. While this match is a different, a different comparison from the previous match, it's still a good match. A lot of, a lot more wrestling, a lot more in the ring than on the outside. And at one point, excuse me, at one point, Xavier hits a move. And Scoot Andrews lands square on his forehead. I have no idea how Scoot Andrews was able to survive that and continue the match, but he did. So, a couple of minutes later, we move forward, and the Black Nature Boy hits his signature move, the Force of Nature, which is a pump handle slam into sort of a, sort of a Michinoku driver. Not really, but... It's close. And he goes for the cover. One, two. Xavier's foot is on the outside of the ring. It's under the bottom rope. And Andrews only gets a two count. So the match continues. And Xavier comes back with a stranglehold neckbreaker that gets the three count and the victory. Xavier gets a win over the Black Nature Boy, Scoot Andrews. After the match... Scoot Andrews is considering not abiding the code of honor and shaking hands, but in the end, he does shake hands. So we're into the, into the back, and we see a bunch of people running away from the locker room. Well, there's a chainsaw going on, or running, and Homicide and Boogaloo are holding, and they're ready. They're in their masks. So we go to our next match, the Boogie Knights against the Natural Born Sinners. Now, the commentary is very interesting because throughout this match, both Gargul or Eric Gargiulo and Steve Carino are saying, well, the Boogie Knights, they don't have a shot. This match is going to end in two minutes. This is going to be a quick match. Natural Born Sinners are going to get the win. Well, the Boogie Knights managed to hang in there a little bit, but the Natural Born Sinners are in complete control of the match. That is until the end of the match. When Homicide grabs the rubber chicken, that's right, the same rubber chicken that we saw earlier, and clobbers both members, uh, Dobbin and Drake, or Tobin and Drake, pardon me, with the rubber chicken, the referee calls for the bell, and the natural-born sinners are disqualified, and the Boogie Knights get a win via disqualification. Now, after the match... The referee is arguing with both members, but the sinners will not have any part of it. They attack the referee, and then they stab him in the forehead with a spike. Homicide does and continues to grind on his forehead, and then he gives them the cop killer. So we go to the back, and we see the Christopher Street connection in pain as they're recovering, or licking their wounds, you might say, from the beating that they got from the hit, or from the hit squad. And Mace, and both men are wondering if they should be in Ring of Honor. Well, while they're considering, Buffy turns around, and he sees Spanky dancing behind them. And he goes, oh, yes, I do think we need to be in Ring of Honor. So, looks like it'll be a continuation with the Christopher Street connection. 
Our next match is an ultimate aerial elimination match. The guest referee for the match is Mikey Whipwreck. Now, the five men in the match are Chris Devine, Quiet Storm, Brian XL, Jose, and Joel Maximo, the SAT. Now, Mikey gets on the microphone and says that he has trained all of these guys in the ring, except for Little Bow Wow, and he's referring to Brian XL. And he says that there's one more person missing from this group, and he wants him in this match. So he calls out Amazing Red. So Amazing Red wrestles for the second time on this show, thus making this a six-man Ultimate Aerial Elimination match. So, this match is really fun to watch. It really is. I know it's, you know, 12 years after this show, but it's still a fun match to watch. A lot of high-flying, and that's what you would expect when a match that is called Ultimate Aerial. But now we get into the eliminations. And we have a shocking elimination right in the beginning. As Red and Jose Maximo bump into each other's back, Jose grabs the arms of Red, gets him in a backslide. One, two, three. Red is the first one eliminated, and Jose didn't even realize who it was until after the pin. So Red and Jose get into a little bit of an argument. A couple of moments later, Brian XL, he ends up getting eliminated. And now we're down to the SAT against Chris Devine and Quiet Storm. So all four men are still in the ring. They're fighting. And then the Maximos get Chris Devine up on the top turnbuckle and hit the world-famous Spanish fly. Now while Joel goes for the pin, Quiet Storm hits a German suplex on Jose Maximo holds on to the bridge, Whipwreck makes the double pin, both Divine and Jose are eliminated. So it comes down to Quiet Storm and Joel Maximo, and in the end, it is Quiet Storm hitting the Storm Cradle Driver onto Joel Maximo, getting the win, winning Ultimate Aerial. Now, to the back we see Prince Nana! Hey, that's going to be a name that you're going to get to hear a lot on this podcast. He's talking to Rob Feinstein, who at this time is the or one of the owners of Ring of Honor. And Prince Nana is asking him, who's my opponent? And to which Rob is like, I got you an opponent. You just go out to the ring. You just go out to the ring. So the cameras follow Rob, and he finds the towel boy, Eric Tuttle. And Rob is like, listen, you got a good body, a good physique. I want you to go out there. So we have our next match, Prince Nana against the Towel Boy. And this is just a complete squash. Prince Nana, all offense. Tuttle never gets a chance. Nana gets the win. So we go to the back where Michael Shane, Oz, and Aikika Loa are talking to each other about well, just hanging out and tonight's match. Spanky is there, but he's dancing, doing his little shtick. So that leads into the next match, which is Michael Shane and Oz against Spanky and Aikika Loa. This is a Texas Wrestling Alliance showcase match. The, the uh, promotion and the training facility to Texas Wrestling Academy 
That was headed by Shawn Michaels many years ago. This is an important match because the individual who scores the winning fall gets a Ring of Honor contract. Very interesting there. Um, you know, at, at, at this point, and it's nothing against these four, but at this point, you know, they'd seen, you know, the, the high-flying, good wrestling tag matches. This sort of, you know, drags a little bit, but it's an okay match. Um, so, in the end, as all four are fighting, Spanky hits sliced bread number two on Oz, gets the three count, the victory, and gets a Ring of Honor contract. So that means that from now on, Spanky will, well, he gets to fly in. He doesn't have to drive or ride 23, 26 hours from San Antonio to Philadelphia. And then Michael Shane and Spanky do, the they shake hands, but they have a, war, a quick word with each other. And then Spanky, he starts celebrating. <coughs> we go to the back where the SAT, Red, Brian XL, Divine, and Storm are arguing. And Mikey Whipwreck is getting very frustrated. So he yells at them. And then he calls Super Crazy over. Well, to help the Spanish translation. So he says that next month it's going to be a three-team elimination match. The SAT, Brian XO and Amazing Red, Chris Devine, and Quiet Storm. And then after Whipwreck and Super Crazy leave, the six men continue to argue. Now, still in the back, the referee that got stabbed earlier in the night by homicide, he's on the phone. Now, I didn't get to mention who this referee is. I wanted to see if any of you guys picked up who this referee was. The referee is H.C. Loke. So he's talking to somebody on the phone, and he explains to him that he's had a real crappy night and how he, he's, been, he's been used as a referee doing the whole extreme referee gimmick and how Homicide and Boogaloo attacked him. And he said that how next time he comes, they're going to see the real me, and then he says the real us. So who is he talking to on the phone? And he sees his referee shirt, takes it off, and throws it in the trash can. Now we go to this match. The IWA Intercontinental Championship. Super crazy against Eddie Guerrero. This is the finals of a tournament held by the IWA promotion in Puerto Rico. And this is to crown the first ever Intercontinental Champion. This is a great match between the two. A lot of the Lucha Libre style, you see some wrestling holds. And it even goes to the outside. And some a really good moment is Eddie Guerrero hitting a brain buster on the floor onto Super Crazy. And it just looks devastating. And, you know, it's a very competitive match throughout the whole bout, and both men are just giving it their all. So after a couple of minutes, Eddie roll, or Eddie hits two brain busters in the ring, and he climbs the top rope to go for the frog splash. Well, Super Crazy moves, and Eddie rolls himself up, and then Super Crazy runs to Eddie 
does a tilt-a-whirl into a small package. One, two, three. Super crazy wins. He is the first ever IWA Intercontinental Champion. So after the match, Super Crazy shakes Eddie Guerrero's hand. The fans appreciate both men for what they did. And they walk to the back in congratulating each other. Meanwhile, Christopher Daniels, who is waiting to come out for his match, sees what's going on and just shakes his head in disgust. Hmm, wonder why. So we get Loki again, and Loki says that tonight he has the fallen angel and the American dragon, and he is here to prove that he is the top wrestler in Ring of Honor. And now we go to the main event, the triple threat match, American Dragon, Loki, and Christopher Daniels. I want to point this out real quick before I get into this match. This is, to me, one of the best booking decisions ever done. Because yes, you know, they could have gone for the ECW main event, which, you know, would have been fine because it's super crazy and it's Eddie Guerrero, two very good wrestlers. But they took a chance on three guys, American Dragon, Low Key, and Christopher Daniels to be the main event of this show, the very first Ring of Honor show. And boy, does it pay off. It's, this is an incredible match. One of the best matches you will ever see. And to think, this is Daniel Bryan in WWE, Christopher Daniels, right now in TNA, and Loki, a man who has literally traveled all over the world. This is from 12 years ago. You, you watch matches today of the three of them, or any match from the last year or two years, and compare it to this match. The progress that all three men have made since this match is incredible. It really is incredible. But this match, after 12 years, still holds up as one of the best wrestling matches I have ever seen. This is just a great match, and I'm going to get into it right now. Um, it starts off with all three men doing a Greco-Roman knuckle... Excuse me, Greco-Roman knuckle-walker test of strength. And then we start into the kicks, and then we get into the moves, and it's really good-looking. Um... At one point, Christopher Daniels has American Dragon in the Boston Crab and Loki in the Camel Clutch at the same time. A very good-looking move. And then a couple of minutes later, American Dragon has Christopher Daniels in a deathlock, uh, sort of an Indian deathlock. And then Loki, who's hit kicks on Dragon, misses a kick. Dragon grabs him into a Northern Light suplex for a bridge only gets a two count. And then Loki goes to the top rope. All three men are fighting there. And Loki gets the advantage. Now, to the end of the match. American Dragon locks in cattle mutilation on Christopher Daniels. He locks it in the middle of... Well, not in the middle of the ring. He's got it in, in the corner of the ring. Loki climbs up to the top rope. 
hits a twisting Phoenix Splash onto American Dragon, which breaks the hold up. Loki then grabs Christopher Daniels, hits him with the Key Crusher. One, two, three. Loki wins the main event of the very first Ring of Honor show in a tremendous, tremendous match. Now, after the match, American Dragon grabs the microphone and he says that you did not beat me. And he challenges low-key to a match at the next show. And then Christopher Daniels grabs the microphone. And at first he's a little calm. You know, he's tired. And then he tells the both of them that they could both go to hell. It took the two of them to beat him. He says that he could beat American Dragon. He can beat Low-Key. He says that he can do it in the same night. So then Low-Key grabs the microphone and says, if you want a match, pointing to Christopher Daniels, and if you want a match, pointing to American Dragon, how about we do it next month, excuse me, in a round robin challenge, which gets the crowd excited. So Loki and American Dragon shake hands, and then both men extend hands to Christopher Daniels. Daniels is about to shake his hand, and then he takes his hand away and wipes his head, and he leaves the ring to which the crowd boos, and Carino and Gargiulo are stunned, saying they didn't think that Christopher Daniels would ever do something like this. So then American Dragon leaves and Loki is in the ring. He poses and then he goes to the back. And that's the end of the show. But we're in the back with Eddie Guerrero. And Eddie Guerrero says that he sees, you know, this young talent giving it all they got. He needs that eye of the tiger back in him. And that this is the only place, Ring of Honor, that's going to be able to do it for him. So after we get a highlight package of everything that happened on the show, we see Christopher Daniels leaving the Murphy Rec Center, shaking his head in disbelief and upset. And that is the end of the very first Ring of Honor show. The, the, the era of honor begins. So what did I think of this show? Yes, this show is 12 years old, but this show to this day, still stands the test of time. This is truly one of the best shows of all time in the history of wrestling. I mean, the matches are good. From Jay Briscoe and Amazing Red to the main event, there really isn't one bad match. Any, you know, any match you would consider bad, there's not one bad match. And then another thing you got to think about is the success of the guys that were in the show. Now, I know, you know, not a lot of people talk about, oh, what happened to all of these guys after, you know, an event like, you know, or a show like this. Well, let's take a look at the main event, for example. American Dragon, low-key Christopher Daniels. Christopher Daniels has been a mainstay in TNA on and off for about the past 10 years. He's main-evented TNA pay-per-views. He's been X-Division champion. He's been tag-team champion. Low-key has had success in TNA and then had a little bit of success in WWE, not too much. But 
His fame is more of the international scene, mainly in Japan, where he wrestled in NOAA, he wrestled in New Japan, he wrestled in All Japan. He's had success there and is now in retirement, which is unfortunate because Loki was a very, very good wrestler. The only problem was that he sort of lived the character too much. As for American Dragon, he would be a mainstay of Ring of Honor for over seven years before finally going to WWE. He would be in main event of SummerSlam of 2010 after being released for something stupid that I'm really not going to get into. I know what it is, and you do too, but I'm not going to get into it. And has been a fixture of WWE programming ever since. He's been the U.S. champion, has held the tag team titles, and has won the WWE Championship. Eddie Guerrero, after this show, would eventually get re-signed by WWE and would win the Intercontinental title within a month of his return. He would also end up being Tag Team Champion and the WWE Champion before his untimely passing in 2005. Super Crazy is still an international superstar, wrestles mainly in Mexico, but is a fixture right now in Pro Wrestling Noah. Spanky would get signed by WWE at the end of 2002 and would appear on WWE programming in 2003. He would then get released in 2004, but would come back to WWE and had a very good run with Paul London as tag team champion, and then had a heel gimmick as the Brian Kendrick and actually main evented a show. How about that? Homicide of the Natural Born Sinners would also be a main fixture of Ring of Honor for a, a number of years, would end up winning the Ring of Honor world title, and would also be a fixture in TNA. He would win the tag team titles and would also win the X Division title before being released, and he is now wrestling in Ring of Honor. Amazing Red had success early on. He was in TNA. He won the X Division title, was a fixture a couple of years ago there, and is now wrestling in the New York City scene and has gone on international tours. Jay Briscoe, who had, literally has been in Ring of Honor since day one, has done it all in Ring of Honor. He's held the tag team titles on eight separate occasions, won the Ring of Honor world title last year, and also has won the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship with his brother, Mark. So, the impact of this first show to what the future of wrestling would be 12 years later is very significant. And I think when people talk about the greatest shows of all time and the significance of the show and the impact of the show... The Era of Honor Begins has to be brought up in the discussion of one of the most impactful shows, one of the most important shows, and really the show that started a promotion that 12 years later is still running and can be seen all over national TV and all over the world. Um... Favorite match on the show as I'm looking at it here. I know you guys can't see me, but I am looking at this. Got to be the main event. 
the main event was just great. This was the best match on the show. Um, if it had, like, if that had not been there, the Intercontinental title match would have. Um, like I said, there's really not a bad match, but if I had to pick the match that, you know, would be on the bottom for me, it would be Prince Nana and Eric Tuttle, only because it was a real quick squash match. Nothing against either one, especially Prince Nana. But, you know, it was just there to be there, and that's really it. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the very first edition of Review of Honor. If you have any questions that you would like for me to answer, if you have any comments that you would like for me to read about this podcast, send me an email, wrestlingman at sunsetflipshow.com, and if you can, please put it under Review of Honor as your subject, because I don't want to get it mixed up with the emails for that wrestling show. The next time you guys hear this podcast, it will be all about the Round Robin Challenge with Christopher Daniels, Low Key, and the American Dragon. Which one of those three wins the Round Robin Challenge? You'll have to stay tuned to listen for the next podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this first podcast. I am Wrestling Man, and you have just heard the review of Honor.